Welcome to Sharing in Our Caring, the podcast that brings together thought leaders, policymakers, and industry insiders. During our programs, we'll be shedding light on the human services sector that is often overlooked, but impacts us all. Join us for engaging conversations aimed at making positive change in this important space. So we're back at it when our next episode, which is around supported employment. And I'm excited to introduce our next guest, Aaron Schmueli, the Assistant Vice President with Goodwill Industries Greater New York and Northern New Jersey. And I know that supported employment is something that is near and dear to you. Before we jump into our conversation with Aaron, wanted to just hear from you a little bit about why it resonates or why it's so important to you. Thanks, Elliot. It really is. I actually started my career at the Office of Mental Health in New York State doing vocational work and helping provide funding to those agencies who we're going to help provide people jobs and find jobs for them. And throughout my career, it's always been really a highlight of the work I did was to really focus on helping people obtain employment. It's so important. As we talked about social determinants of health and health indicators in some of our previous conversations, we know that people that are working tend to be healthier. They tend to care more for themselves and they tend to have better social interactions with people. So today I'm really excited to be talking with you and Aaron about this. Yeah. And before we jump into our conversation, I think that's what resonated a lot for me as well, is that being our third episode, there's a lot of themes for me that are kind of surfacing. And I think we know this, but talking about how we're moving away from institutions and going, you know, really trying to get services into the community. As you just mentioned, social determinants of health is such a hot topic right now and employment being one of those pieces, as well as funding is, is, is a constant theme. So let's jump in and hear Aaron talk about how he defines support employment, as well as just kind of his take about support employment in the field. So this term supported employment is often used in various ways, as you know. Do you mind giving us a definition or at least an explanation of how you look at supported employment? You know, I could sit here and I can give you a textbook definition and a very technical definition. I think over the years of working in the field, I like to say when I'm meeting with people and talking about supported employment and what that is, is it's really working with individuals to explore their life's desires and to help them attain that through a job, really. And, you know, it's, it's taking them on that journey and helping them on that journey by really working with them one-on-one, helping them to first get a job and then to work with them when they're on site on the job, but with the goal of slowly, slowly backing off until the person can do the job on their own. And that's how I've always really defined supported employment. That's a great definition. Thank you. Where do you see us going next? Where's the evolution going for employment? I would say that because supported employment has evolved over the years, it's been tweaked and nuanced to a point where it's really good. When you talk about the future of supported employment, what really comes to mind is making sure that there is adequate funding to continue 
the model. To me, we've arrived at a very good model, but it needs to be funded properly and not to get too technical. And, you know, it depends on the state that the model is being done in. Here in New York, we have the benefit of being very generously funded by New York State. It's not the same in other parts of the country, but at least here in New York, it's about maintaining that funding to be able to do the service. It does take a lot of intensive work. It takes a lot of hours of service to help someone get from point A to point B to point C and to ultimately get into a job and be stabilized in a job. We just need the funding to be able to do that, making sure there are COLAs for staff, you know, cost of living adjustments that, that are going directly to the staff. There, obviously, if I put on another hat and I talk about like, you know, we need more money for administration, it really does come down to making sure that the funding is available to continue the model. Thank you. There's a lot of conversation now about health equity and social determinants of health. Some recognition finally going to the point of the inequities in employment among people with disabilities, as well as the high unemployment rates. Could you mind sharing your thoughts on how important employment is and how it's critical to an individual's health? Yeah, you know, it's not the first time I've been asked a question like that. First of all, you're talking about a higher level concept here, which is really talking about a person holistically, right? This is not just about, we like to say, hey, someone got a job and it's successful. We're talking about trying to better people's lives. When you think about employment and you think about health outcomes, the two things are inextricably linked at the hip. You know, someone that has a job invariably is feeling better about themselves. They're feeling like they're a contributing member of society and they're going to have better health outcomes. Elliot, it really seems like most of our podcasts here are talking about various aspects of social determinants of health and how by addressing those, it really enables people to live in the community. Yeah. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I think the challenges for a lot of these providers kind of are similar, whether it's on a programmatic level or an agency level, right? So social determinants of health impact the individual and agencies are trying to help those individuals navigate what I think a lot of us would agree is to be a complex system. I agree, Elliot. So why don't we take this opportunity to jump back into a conversation with Aaron and talk about what could be a controversial issue, 14C, and also talk about the hopes we have for employment and some tips Aaron may have for providers. I wanted to touch on one other thing here. 14C, it's a pretty controversial topic. Would you mind sharing your thoughts and provide us with some context as to why there's advocates on both sides? Sure. It's definitely a complicated issue. You know, that, that one question uh, could be an entire podcast. I'll say that from my own agency, we, we no longer use our 14C wage certificate. We, we had it for many years, but I'd say about a decade ago, we, we dropped using it. And I know other agencies that still use it. It's not very politically correct these days to be using a 14C wage certificate. And I think it gets mired in, there are some politics that go on. It's complicated. <laughs> Very fair. Now I'm going to put you in a position of power here. 
<laughs> if you could wave a wand to change three things that are obstacles yep. to employment for the people you're serving, what would they be? Well, let's see. You know, I'm very comfortable with power. I like that. I like you've given me the the wand of you power. Got it. The first thing I would say is uh, job customization. I'd like to be able to customize more of the jobs that are out there for the individuals that we're serving in our various programs. You know, all the time we see a job out there where someone can do 90% of the job without a problem. And there's a 10% that the 10% of that job description that they can't do. I'd wave the wand and say, take that 10%, give it to someone else on the team. Because if you give them the 90% that they can do, you're going to have a better employee. You're going to have a, an employee that is going to stay with you and they're going to be a great job match. I'll see things like someone is doing a job such as you know stocking shelves, but in the job description, they're looking for someone that can also work the cash register. But in reality, they're really not looking for that person to do the cash register, but it's in the job description. And all it's doing is you're, you're struggling to find a good job match. I think another thing would be, I tend to look at things holistically. So I say transportation, transportation for individuals. You know, here, I know the audience is not just uh, New York City based, but across uh, New York State and even in other states. We need better transportation systems here in the city, even if accessoride, it's good that it's here, but it's not perfect. It impedes people from getting to work sometimes. Same thing with the public transportation system. Even for you or I, forget about whether or not you have a disability, right? Just being able to get from point A to point B, and it doesn't take an hour and a half to two hours to get there, is important for anyone getting a job, as well as the economy, right? You got to have people be able to be mobile. And then you've got areas that are remote locations that aren't serviced by public transportation. And of course, when you have, depending on your disability, you may not drive. Sometimes in those areas, the only way to get to a job is to have a car. And the third one, it's, I think you'll like this one. It's having more wishes. I'm going to give you one of those wishes or, or add to one of your wishes. I think we would all like for individuals in this field, the workforce to get better paid. Agreed. A hundred percent. I think one question that I would love to hear is what do agencies need to do to do well in supported employment? There's a level of dedication. It's different. Supported employment is, even within my own agency, supported employment is very different from the other workforce development programs that we oversee. In my career, I've overseen some of them. I think it takes a very unique staff and a, and a guiding force that you're not just placing people by the numbers. It is such an individualized service. You're putting in some instances up to 200, 300 hours of service into someone to get someone coming into your program, trying to help them figure out what they want to do, and then finding a job and then working with them, coaching them until they feel that they're stable in the job where you can sort of back off. And that's, I think, atypical for a lot of models. You know, we're, we're here talking about specifically supported employment, but there are a lot of other workforce development models out there that don't operate like that. And so if you're going to be running a supported employment program, you can't just take it off the shelf. And if you're running a different type of 
employment program and think that it's simply going to work because it worked with some other type of model work with a different population or a different funding source. I hearken back to this morning with our National Disability Awareness Month award ceremony when we brought up the employer to honor them for hiring people with supported employment. Literally, there were tears. The employer was so moved by what was going on and being honored and seeing how much a team behind, they'd hired three individuals, that there was such a large team behind seeing that these people were going to be successful. And it's just a special, a very special model. And I think it, it's some very special individuals that, that tend to gravitate towards that model itself. Great. So the next question that I have for you, is there something that we can do to support, you know, you talked about funding, but I'm sure there's also about Mm -hmm. employers, right? Like educating, that's part of the work that you do is educating employers. Is there anything that we just, the general population can do to help support programs or organizations in these efforts? I think the general public understanding that we're all rowing in the same direction. I think understanding that everyone is trying to help someone find a really good job match and wants to see that person succeed. If you're an employer, if you're just a lay person, just seeing what's going on, you can contribute to an agency. You can volunteer at an agency. If you're an employer, it's maybe reaching out to an organization that may be close to you and seeing how you can customize said that before about customization, how you can bring people in to and be successful. You know, one of the things I always say, and I'm very stringent about this when new staff come on board, is that we're not looking to do this. This is not a charitable thing. We're here to serve a business model. Trying to help someone get a job is a business function. And while it is supported in the charitable arena by 501c3 organizations, nonprofit organizations, the work itself and trying to place someone is in itself not a charitable event. You're trying to really help someone better their lives through a job and through a good job match. Well, Elliot, we came to the end of our episode three. What a great episode on support and employment. We covered a whole lot of topics with Aaron. I'm hoping that the providers can walk away with some thoughts and ideas and a better understanding what supported employment is about. Yeah. And I think one thing that was really eye-opening for me was that supported employment, it seems to take a lot of resources within the agency and a little bit more of a hands-on approach. And I know that there are other models that support employment as well. So it was just great to hear specifically of, of the supported employment model. Right. And I think I think one of the things that we really should walk away with is that not one single approach is perfect for everyone, that there's various approaches to employment and even to supported employment that folks can use depending upon the needs of the people that they're serving. So that wraps up episode three, and we really look forward to our next episode. Same here, Elliot. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Sharing in Our Caring, brought to you by Foothold Technology. Special thanks to our guest, Aaron Schmueli. We also want to give a shout out to Resonate, who has helped us with production and editing, and a shout out to Grace. 
If you like this episode and want to hear more, please like and subscribe and consider following us on our social media channels by searching at Foothold Tech. For more information, visit us at footholdtechnology.com and we'll catch you on our next episode.